Hello, everyone. We would like to welcome you to our final general body meeting for our 2020 fall semester of Ideal Woman. We hope you enjoy what we have planned for you today and it helps you in your future endeavors. Secretary Cameron Jordan speaking. Before we begin, I'd like to share a quote with you, with all of you to capture the essence of today's conversation. Leaders should influence others in such a way that it builds people up, encourages and edifies them so they can duplicate this attitude in others. Bob Goshin. Hey everyone, this is your Vice President Keely Jones speaking. Now we will have our pledge. Please repeat after me. I pledge to lead a life that exemplifies womanhood in its highest form. I commit to being the epitome of ideal, living a life of elegance and creating a lasting influence for those around me. I vow to always hold my head up high as a courageous and dignified woman. I pledge to flourish even in the hardest times by batting my innermost fears and failures. I will promote what it means to be an intelligent, dignified, elegant, and ambitious leader. I commit to holding myself and other members accountable for actions and behaviors detrimental to the organization's mission and goals. Finally, I pledge to excel above the typical expectations of the norm. I pledge to be an ideal woman. Today, we have Miss Rashida Body Forbes, born in Meridian, Mississippi. She graduated from Meridian High School in 2004. She then went on to study pre-medicine at Mississippi State University, where she graduated in 2008. With over 12 years of experience in higher education, Rashida serves as the Vice President for Access, Diversi Access Diversity and Inclusion. Rashida has a long-standing commitment to fostering a diverse and inclusive campus community. In her role, she continues to strive to provide individual mentorship to underrepresented students seeking personal, social, and intellectual support. Forbes identifies campus climate trends that assist, that assist in developing strategies that proactively promote inclusive excellence. As a member of the president's cabinet, she works with the president, trustees, and university leadership to provide advice, develop, and implement university-wide initiatives and oversee operation of the university. In her role, she oversees units which administers programs that broadens college access support, student, support student success, and enhance diversity-related teaching and learning across the university. She is involved in a number of national organizations, including the National Association of Diverse Officers in Higher Education, National Association of Student Affairs Professionals, Southern Association for College Student Affairs, and more. Forbes holds a bachelor's in biological sciences and a master's of public policy and administration. Forbes contributions have earned her numerous honors including the prestigious Zacharias Distinguished Staff Award she received in 2016. Her other recognitions include Day One Leadership Program Mentor, Outstanding African American Female in the Workplace by the campus of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated and Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, legend of Mississippi State University. Please help me welcome Ms. Rashida Body Forbes. Thank you, Ms. Forrest, for joining us today. Um, we would just like to get your expertise on the topic for today, Find, Keep, Succeed. 
So today we would just like to talk about mentorship and how understanding the purpose of a workplace mentorship and that bond and relationship between mentees and mentors. Um, and today, just Dennis will start us off. Hey guys, it's Tay. So my first question to you, Ms. Rashida, would be, what do you think the best way to go about finding a mentor would be? Like, how would one go about finding a mentor? So first of all, I want to thank you all for giving me the opportunity to be a part of your podcast. This is really exciting because the core of what I do is centered around student development, mentorship. So to answer your question around how to one go about finding a mentor, I think the first question that you always have to ask yourself is what are you desiring to accomplish? Because there, when we think about mentorship, mentorship is really kind of divided up in three different roles and different aspects. So you have a mentor, which is someone who is committed to you long term and is going to give you advice and help you grow and develop in whatever area you want that to look like. So for me, one of the things that is important is that I have a mentorship in almost every area of my life. I have a mentor who supports me and provides me advice on how to raise my children. I have a a mentor that provides me advice spiritually. I have a mentor who's there to support me emotionally. So it's about what you desire. Now, one of the things that I think happens oftentimes is that we forget, we confuse certain terms. So when we think about mentorship, there's a such thing as sponsorship. And sponsorship is someone who works where you want to go. So they're individuals who can ultimately put their name behind your name and help you get where you want to be. They're, they're Essentially, they have the influence that can help you get to the next level. And so sponsors are not someone who's meant to be in your life long term because you switch sponsors at different phases and areas of your life based upon where you are. And then you have people that are coaches in your life and coaches are are typically centered around career fields. So if I'm looking for a coach, there's someone short short term who's in the field that I want to go that provides me advice to get there. And so I think to answer your question, how do you go about finding a mentor? I think it begins with assessing what do I want this individual to do for me? And then that helps you figure out if I want a mentor, a coach, or a sponsor, and then who is that right person? Um, I know. Well, for those who don't know, Miss Rashida is my mentor, and I'm so grateful for you every day. And when you first became my mentor, you talked to me about how you came about obtaining your mentor, and I really would like for you to share that with everybody because it's really inspirational, at least to me. Yeah, no, that I mean that's an excellent point because I think one of the things that we um, forget is that. Sometimes we find mentors, so that is we go out and seek people to mentor us, but then sometimes we stumble across our mentors, and that's kind of how I found one of my mentors, and so I was actually a student here at Mississippi State. I'll never forget it. I was walking across the drill field, and then I had, she was a faculty member at the time. She stopped me, and she said, um... If I was to hire you, I would never hire you with the way that you're dressed. And I said, excuse me, like, 
how is it that you're going to tell me you don't know me? I don't know you. So how are you going to try to tell me about me? And then she, she made the comment, like, if you ever want to, if you ever want to talk about it, here's my card and come see me. And so like, I walked off being super, super offended by the fact that she tried to call me out on how I was dressed and she didn't know me. But I got back to my residence hall. I was staying in Rice Hall and I was just sitting down reflecting on the day. And then it just hit me. Here it is. This black woman who doesn't know me was willing to sit down and to talk to me and to develop me and pour into me. And she doesn't know me. So apparently there's something that she sees in me that I don't see in myself. And so the next week I showed up in her office and it was that place where we developed a bond and a relationship that exists to this, to this day. She was the matron of honor in my wedding. I mean, she's my children's godmother. And so I think that's a perfect example of how sometimes you stumble upon your mentorships because people are willing to call out in you things that you won't acknowledge in yourself. So this is Cameron Jordan speaking. What does a typical mentor-mentee relationship look like? So I think it really depends upon the individual. There's no there's no typical like mentorship relationship. And so I think one of the things that's really important around when you find your mentor or stumble across your mentor is that you establish expectations of the, what that relationship looks like. So for example, I don't mentor someone that I can't speak into their blind spots. Why? Because for me, that is what my responsibility is, is as a mentor, is that one of the things that I feel is that if we don't allow people to speak into our blind spots, then we could head for a collision and don't even know it. And so if you're going to ask me to give my time, my energy, in some ways my money to support you, then you've got to be willing to let me speak into those areas. And if I can't, then I can't mentor you. So I think it's about establishing expectations like when do we want to meet and talk? Like Morgan knows, Morgan will open my door and come and plop down on my couch in a minute and talk to me so it's not this formalized relationship to where we're gonna set a day and time that every Monday we might meet at 8 a.m but for some people they need that structure they need that accountability and so coming together and the, the establishing what does this relation looks like is really important to thinking about mentorship because you also and this is another reason why that's important is because you you if you all don't establish expectations, then the mentorship relationship won't flourish. Because if I'm needing someone that's going to commit, you know, 10 hours a month to me, but this person only has two hours a month to give to me, then this relationship is not going to work. And so establishing those expectations up front is important. Oh, that was great. But um, this kind of ties into the last question more so, but, you know, given the current COVID procedures and situations that we're on, you know, we have less in-person interactions. What do you think the best way would be to approach someone that you maybe see that you want them to be your mentor? If you're maybe not comfortable with just, you know, going and plopping down on their couch. So I think it get, again goes back to thinking about what what it is that you desire out of someone and then just being willing to be vulnerable and go asking the questions like, will you mentor me or will you 
coach me or will you sponsor me? And they look different in certain ways. Like if you're looking for a mentorship program, there are some already established mentorship programs that exist. So on campus, what peer-to-peer mentoring programs exist that you might be able to be a part of and get mentored by another student if that's what you're looking for? Or what alumni mentoring programs exist on campus that you can be a part of to be mentored by alumni or faculty and staff or etc. Like within the Homes Culture Diversity Center, we have a Bridges program, which pairs our students with faculty and staff on campus so you can get mentoring in these particular places or through other programs on campus that allows mentorship and so there are structured programs that you can be a part of that allows for mentorship to happen but then again if you see someone that you want to model yourself after then I think just being honest with them and say you have some values or characteristics that like I really want for my life and I was wondering if you want to be my mentor and I mean and some people might say I might I don't have the time to do it and that's okay too then I, I will ask them well do you know someone else who has similar characteristics that of you that I might be able to meet to support me so how do you connect personally with your mentor but also keeping that level of professionalism within the relationship so I think that goes back to talking about expectations too so what does your mentor expect of you both professionally as well as personally and you all establish those you know those guidelines of what it looks like so for me I never wanted a a mentor to be somebody that I'm going to go out and drink with because I don't ever want to see you in a different way. Um, But then I also want someone who's going to allow me to be vulnerable enough to see where their weaknesses are or where their flaws are, because there are some things that I want to learn by not making the mistakes on my own. So how are you going to be vulnerable with me in those particular areas? And so I think you have to ask yourself, like, what is this relationship for? Because for me, my mentor, that it helps me as a mentor, as a mother, we have to connect on a very personal personal level, right? Because I need to see how you parent your kids. Like when they make you mad, I want to see how you react, you know, and different things like that. And so our connection is more personal than it is professional. And so I think, again, it has to go back to what is it that you're wanting from a mentor? Are you wanting someone that you can connect with to be a support system? Then that might be more of a personal relationship versus a professional relationship. And so then, so it all goes back to your why. You've got to assess why I want a mentor. Because sometimes people want a mentor just for a mentor to have a mentor, but they don't really know why they want a mentor. People say you should have a mentor, so I'm going to have a mentor, but then you leave and then you don't feel like you've gotten anything from it, that's because you don't know why you want this particular person in your life. Um, At the Boys and Girls Club, I mentor... Originally, I had four. Now, I mentor two girls because of COVID. And I think this question really just draws attention to it just because, like, my girls, they're way younger than me. They're, like, in middle school. And um, I most definitely have to draw boundaries with them. But I also try to meet with them on a very personal level because they don't have a good home life. So sitting down, talking to them, making sure that everything in my brain that I feel like they need to know in order to become successful, making sure that they don't become a statistic 
something that I make sure that I share with them. But at the same time, because we get close, they feel like they can, like, they blur the lines right. between the professionalism and the fun and social. So, like, one day... I came out of my classroom and one of my students was like, Miss Morgan, you look like a da 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 da. And she did it to be funny in front of her friends, but I had to like correct mm. her. Like, come here, let me ask you something. Do I look like any of your friends that yeah. you have? No. Why are you talking to me like that? Have I ever talked to you like that? No. Mm-hmm. Have some respect and love yourself. I still love you, but is there there has to be direct boundaries between it. So I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah, and that's really important in terms of establishing boundaries. Like, there's a line that you cannot cross. I mean, it's the same way with my kids. Like, my my son was playing around with me the other day, and he says, um, he said something along the lines of, you are foolish. Get your mind right. I turned around real quick. <laughs> Who are you talking to? <laughs> And so, you know, like, here it is, you know, because we play around so much, but then where does the limit? And then when that limit, when when that threshold gets crossed, you got to be willing to go ahead and address it then so that the same behaviors don't replicate itself. So what are the differences between mentoring versus job shadowing or networking? And this is Cameron Brown with that question. So I think that's a really, really good question. And it goes back to the pieces around mentorship, sponsorship, and coaching. But one of the things that I would say is that when you're looking for someone who is job shadowing in particular, these people are speaking to you. So job shadowing is like, me giving you advice on what to do in this particular field. So a job shadowing would be someone that I would consider more of a coach. And so then networking, though, is someone that I would consider more of a sponsor. So this is an individual that's going to speak for you. Because ultimately what it is is that they have a network that you're not in, but you want to be a part of. And so they're using their name for you to help you be a part, be a part of these networks. And then a mentor is someone who's speaking with you. So job shadowing, speaking to you, networking, speaking for you, mentoring, speaking with you. And so it's a, a personal relationship that you build with someone that's long-term. Oftentimes networking and job shadowing is, is, kind of short-term relationships that could produce long-term results. But a mentor is a long-time relationship that builds long-time results. Um, I guess my question would be, like, how do you go about, again, to build up on her question, how do you go about obtaining it so it doesn't seem like I'm trying to use somebody? Because I feel like a lot of people try to get into those, like, relationships and they're they're doing nice stuff, not because they actually want to befriend someone or get to know them, but because they want to build up on them who they are. So how do you make it be genuine? So here's the thing. Some people only want to build relationships for the networks and that's actually okay like particularly for people of color like that's particularly important right like that we are building relationships so that we can be a part of someone else's network that we would normally be a part of but I think you have to be honest about that so it also it also begins with being authentic about the why. So one of my mentors is my mentors, particularly around her networks. Now it started that way, but it didn't end that way. Explain. 
So ultimately, so she was a part of some networks that I really need to be a part of, right? I'm in higher education at this point for six years, but I'm not building momentum the way that I needed to to build momentum. But I see her track record is strong. Like she's she is navigating networks and she's navigating positions very well. And so I said to her, you have something on your life that I need to get in the area of networks. And so if you are willing, the networks that you're in, I need you to help me be a part of. But And she was okay with that because I was authentic. Like, I want my relationship with you because I want these networks that you're a part of. But in her mind, she knew that the relationship was going to go deeper than that. So for her, it was like, yes, I'll put you a part of, as part of these networks. And I'm going to help you build your skill set. And I'm going to be your sponsor and put my name behind your name. And I'm going to coach you along the way. And I'm going to be committed to you long term. So while my relationship with her only started as a networking relationship or for her being my sponsor, she became much more than that. She became my coach. She became my mentor. But I mean, I led with being authentic with that. But then there are some people that that you want to be your mentor, you know that they have networks that you want to be a part of, but it's not about the networks. It's about the relationship. I believe whatever comes from the heart goes to the heart. So I believe that if you are genuinely invested in someone, not for what they have, but who they are, they'll pick it up and they'll sense it. And so then being willing to be honest and connect in a real genuine way is really important. Don't you feel like finding a relationship like that is kind of rare because of like the crab in the barrel mentality that a lot of black people have, especially in the South? I mean, so I don't, I don't, I feel like they're more out there than what we see it, but you have to enter you, I think you have to enter the relationship assuming that the person has the best intentions until they show you something differently. But I think if you enter into the relationship assuming that they have ulterior motives, then that's what you're going to give and that's how you're going to interact. And so even so then I know that as a mentor that there's a possibility that I could get hurt. And so I enter knowing that I enter knowing that this individual could potentially want to just be in a relationship with me from what they can get from me and not contribute anything. But that's the risk that I'm willing to take until they show me something differently. And I think that's why it's also important that you 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 can't mentor someone else unless you enter in in that mindset otherwise because then what will happen is you'll get hurt so many times that you'll say like I won't be a mentor again and so then thinking about how do we switch the way we view the mentor relationship and again knowing like I can go into this relationship for real being hurt in the process can see that i'd be ready to cry when i mentor my kids yeah, i'm so emotionally attached yeah to i actually did cry one time yeah Girl, look. <laughs> it's mine all right so the final question of the afternoon what are some strategies that you have done that work both with children and college students and how has it helped you become a, the best mentor so i think the really only strategy i have is to be committed to the relationship 
And so there are times where I've told someone that I can't mentor them, not because I don't want to mentor them, but I don't have the capacity in order to do it. And so because if I'm going to mentor somebody, I want to be committed to the relationship. And so I asked them, I asked, like, do you really want me to mentor you? Or are you trying to look for me to sponsor you? Or are you trying to look for me to coach you? If it's somebody who's looking for a true, genuine mentor relationship, the only thing that it requires of me to be committed to it. And that's to be committed with time, energy, whatever it is that's needed in order to provide the support that someone needs. So I say, really, the only strategy that's needed is commitment. And I would probably, if I could add another piece, that I'm going into this mentor relationship not trying to fix people either. Because, again, that goes back to expectations. Most of the times when people are entering into the relationship or mentorship aspect, they're not looking for someone to fix them. They're looking for somebody to support them. And so I think that's particularly important also. So, um, I guess that goes back to like listening skills. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? How do you support another person? Like, how do you go about doing that? So I think I have to hear what a person says that they need in order to be okay or to grow or to develop or to be supported. And I'll ask that question, like, what do you feel like you need from me right now? And I allow that person to drive that situation and I give them what they feel like they need. Now, I will say in some ways, my goal is also to provide advice because especially if it's a mentoring relationship where someone is looking to be where I am, then I'll I'll have to be honest, like this could put you on the wrong trajectory to where it is that you want to go. And so then being honest, but then not being mad at that, they want to do the opposite of what I have to say, because at the end of the day, it's still, still their life. It's still their decisions. And I don't have ownership of that. And so in some ways it requires having tough skin because you can have the opportunity to be offended. Like I'm spending all this time giving you advice and then you just going to go do something different. I know whole thing. Whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. But then, you know, you just got to walk away saying at the end of the day, I've done everything that I can. The the decision after this is up to you. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Well, those all the questions we have for today. And we just want to thank you again for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to sit down with us. Now we'd like to open the floor for any announcements from the e-board. All right, you guys, we have a fundraising event, which is the Christmas Basket Raffle. It will be through November 9th through November 13th, and it will be virtual and held on Instagram. Each raffle slot will be $5, and make sure that you share this flyer for as soon as it's posted on every social media platform that you can. So I'm here to let you know what's inside of this basket because I am so excited. Inside of the contents of this basket, you will find fuzzy socks, scented candles, a Starbucks gift card, an Amazon gift card, a hot chocolate kit, and a coffee mug and tumbler. So ladies, if you suck at giving gifts, this is the greatest opportunity to find something to give to your mom and dad. Holler at me if you heard me. Because if y'all don't do it, I surely will. And I (laughs) surely will. For our last announcement today, I'd like to remind our fall seniors about our fall brunch that we will be hosting for you on November 15th, which is this upcoming Sunday. 
the time is one o'clock p.m and the attire is monochromatic nudes so just keep it very simple but elegant you know we love that um also remember that this is strictly only for the seniors graduating this semester if you rsvp'd and you graduate in the spring let me know um sorry but it's not for you but we do have something planned for you next semester so you won't be left out thanks y'all and i wanted to close out this podcast and tell you guys thank you so much for your dedication your time and your effort that you have given us this semester it is greatly appreciated we hope that you guys have enjoyed the events and the podcast that we have thoroughly planned for you guys because so much has went into the making and creation of this these events if you like them please let us know and we look forward to seeing your shining faces more next semester i hope you guys enjoy your christmas slash thanksgiving giving break and you guys come back way more refreshed in the spring semester y'all tell them bye bye, bye guys. Guys.